I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Yeah, you do. No, we don't. A donkey eat eating. A donkey eat a palace. <laughs> There's nothing else to eat. He was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass. Right, lads, so an absolutely huge weekend we have this weekend. We have the Munster and Leinster finals. We have two qualifiers and we have the Joe McDonough um, Cup final as well on Saturday evening at five o'clock. So, like, I mean, uh, thankfully they've separated the Munster final and the Leinster final. They did last year as well. I remember two years ago we were all given out. Well, Cheddar was going mad on the show here because the Munster final and Leinster final were on the same day. And there was no chance to be able to go to both of these games was his given out. Now, because of the COVID thing, you have very little chance of going to the two games, even though they're on separate days. Well, unless you're connected in RT like Brian Carroll, uh, maybe you might get to the two of them, Brian. <laughs> no, I'm only going to one, I'm afraid, uh, going to Leicester final now Saturday evening. So at least there's 18,000 going to it. So that's a, a big plus. So it's going to be um, hopefully a good atmosphere. Ah, 18,000. Uh, because be a re- it does make some difference. Yeah, it definitely does. Hurling needs that. 7,000 in Porky Keeve, um, Paddy Stapleton. Like, I mean, uh, uh, did you get yourself a ticket or how are they divvying those out? Yeah, I'm a, I think I'm in a bit of trouble for, for a ticket and there was only a couple, two or three thousand at the semi-final. So obviously a couple of more important people are looking for tickets for the final because I'm struggling. But um might come across one uh, by, by Sunday. I'd actually love to be there because even the 3,000 was so different the last day. Uh, against Clare. It was so enjoyable. Um, and I suppose, I was listening to Liam Sheedy there, he was saying, Hurling is made for, to have the galleries there, and he's right. You know, it really, it changed the whole game. So I suppose, look, it can only be for, for the good going forward. In a weird way, Paddy, Parky Keeve probably isn't the best venue for 7,000. There's a, I'm sure there's a smaller venue. Like, for example, the Gaelic grounds, well, that would be a home venue then, I suppose, for Limerick. But all of the fans in a sm- in a stand would make more noise, I suppose. That would, yeah. Um, if you were talking about the old Parky Creek, I remember playing it in, playing in it in, the first time I did, and it's like a, a bowl. Yeah. Now that would have been, you know, a great, great facility for. But the new one is like a mini Croke Park, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. Where the noise can get lost. Really good when it's it's full. But yeah, even I know I played a couple of games in Parky Ring. Now I know you're you're bringing it down to a smaller venue, but that's a seriously good atmosphere. We played the Munster Club final and a couple of great league matches there, and that really has that tight, intimate feel but um, yeah I suppose I looked they're trying to reward the likes of Cork and maybe showcase showcase the great stadiums we have so um, yeah we, we, we'll let it go for this one well, well that's it like I'm not giving out about it uh, Brian but like I suppose if you were to look at 18,000 in O'Connor Park well then again I suppose you wouldn't have the capacity for the 18,000 in O'Connor Park that's the problem there'd be different rules they kind of have to go to Crow Park and that's where the, that's where the 18,000 would be lost more yeah of course yeah look it, it is a pity that you can just see maybe a little bit more, ten or 12,000 even in Parky Creeve. I think that could take that comfortably. Um, look, it's, it's a big it's a big positive, as you said, over the last couple of weeks. You know, when I was at the Tip and Clare game um, doing commentary and 
you know, 10 days out from the game, 200 were only allowed to go to it. Then it went to 500, you know, then then it went to 3,000. So, like, it's great. We're gone from 3,000 now to 18,000. So, okay, maybe 7,000 in, in the Munster game. Um, but it's, it, it, it's a, it is a huge plus that we're seeing these numbers coming because Paddy already touched on it. Hurland's a completely different game where crowds add. It's it's just, it's phenomenal. And I, probably going back to Tony Kelly goal at halftime uh, for a player like, you know the Clare fans were all up on their feet. The Clare balls off the off the ground afterwards, and it was just that real sense of Munster Championship at its best. And you know you can't underestimate. And I thought Shane Dowling wrote a really good article um, on RTE, uh, the news app, um, about adrenaline and the crowd and and how players really feed off that and hurling. And I suppose it lends itself as well to um, you know probably more mistakes in hurling. And uh, you know a lot more pressure, and they probably don't have much intricate passing in terms of the, the game plans because it can be a lot harder uh, played out when there's a crowd maybe oon and an and gasping at mistakes or, or a ball. So uh, as I said, Harlan's so much better for these crowds. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It improves the game as if this weekend wasn't big enough. Then, of course, uh, Clare have to draw Wexford um, in the qualifiers. Now, I heard, I saw. Waterford's name come out first I was listening to the draw live and I was saying please pick Wexford please be Wexford because I, I, that's a lovely little derby itself without all the, the kind of nonsense going around with it Paddy we're over this whole Davy and Brian Lowe and beef right like I mean this feels very old now uh, it does yeah I'd say they're sick of the sight of each other at this <laughs> stage I'd say yeah, the two most sickened people for is probably those two although Davey probably sometimes has a sick mentality you would know what he likes but um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> the only thing he's, he'd probably be thinking of is the win but it, it probably would be raw again like you, you, they're going to probably say look if we'll keep it apart and it's all about team and performance but they're two very uncompromising characters like they obviously don't get on um and they, they ride each other up. I don't know how they survived one in front of the other for 15 years, but um, it has bubbled up over the last while. And look, I do think though, I do think it'll be more about the team this time. Like they've they've had their joust. There's not much more they can do to each other in terms of uh, in public and talking about each other. So I think it will be down to the hurling. And this is knockout now, so they can't be putting too much of a foot wrong in the sideline. Yeah, we, we'll talk about that um, in part two. I don't know, Brian, like, I mean, the, the whole rivalry, I think they've played each other four times. They're not even in the same province between league and championship. It's 3-1 to, or 2-1 to, to um, Clare, and it probably should be 3-0. Like, I mean, the COVID thing this year, that kind of sparked it back up a little bit, Brian, when it had moved on, maybe. I suppose Davy getting the abuse from the stand in the Moor Park. There's little sprinkles being thrown on this the whole time to keep it going. Yeah, it's such a pity because, as I said, any of us that grew up during the 90s and we, you know, we saw the relationship that Brian and Davey had, you know, Brian maybe protecting Davey inside in the goal and Davey shouting out abusive layers and it, it, was, it was wonderful to see. Um, so it's, it's such a pity to see it, you know, I suppose, end up the way it is at the moment. Um, it, it's a pity they can't get over it and, and just move on, but it just doesn't seem to be that they're, that they're going to do that. But as you said already, I think Clare should be should be 3-0 up because... Uh, you know, they were so dominant in that game in Ennis in the league earlier in the year. And, and you know, it wasn't until the sending off that Wexford really came into the game to score two goals in a minute. And, you know, it made a, it made a huge impact in that going down the home stretch and never looked like there was going to be only one winner, only Wexford. So I suppose this year, I suppose the added spice of it is that both teams actually are going reasonably well. You know, Wexford were very unlucky, as I said. I think they'd have beaten a lot of teams the last day only for a talk to Kenny were so good. And I thought Clare obviously had a great win over Waterford. 
And, uh, you know, the, the penalty had a huge bearing on that game against Tipperary. So both teams are coming into it in a, in a bit of form. Whereas maybe last year when they played in the championship um, in Portlaoise, it was winter hurling for starters, but, you know, both of them were kind of stuttering along. Wexford were very poor in championship last year and uh, Clare were just maybe finding their feet under Brian Lowen. So uh, I think that adds a good bit of spice to it as well. It's definitely, while we have, you know, big games at the weekend, Leinster final and, uh, and the Munster final, it's probably the real standout game of this weekend. It's the that's on television as well. I'm pretty sure on on Saturday early enough uh, at two o'clock. Before we get into the Limerick Tipperary game, I disagree. I think this is Limerick Tipperary is the game of the weekend. Like this came out last Thursday, and um, the referees they had a meeting. Um, Intercounty hurling referees have backed James Owen's decision to send Ben Aidan McCarthy in last Sunday's. So, like, I mean, they had, a, they had some meeting last uh, Thursday and all the referees agreed that James Owen's made the right call. Now, isn't that a worrying thing, Paddy? Like, we're not going to get back into that incident because most people are agreeing it's not. It's very worrying. Now, I understand he's a colleague and you're going to try and back him yeah. and maybe their argument would be that, oh, he's, he's taken a hard time of it, you know, and he's taken this badly. But Jesus Christ, it's not a good sign when the, all the referees that are going to be making these decisions have said, here, mate, wait a minute, that's the right call. Yeah, no, I, I think what, what you're saying there with supporting a colleague, I think they're backing up their body, really, um, which, you know, admirable enough, I suppose. They, they've all been in that position at different times in their career where... They've been the one where we've been talking about it here on a Thursday or a Monday, and it's not a nice thing, obviously, because there, there's only one person in black in the middle. So it is a really, really difficult place to be. Look at I think what Drafter's saying is, you know, they've come out and clarified it. And to James Owen, I'm sure he said to himself, well, look, he was going through a goal. I felt it was a cynical foul inside 21. For me, that's a penalty. But now they've actually clarified it a bit further, which they should have done at the start. We talked about it at the start of the year. So... That, that, I think, will really, really help. But I do think, look, if you, if you talk to each of the referees quietly in, 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 you know, in, the, in, in a pub, inside in a snow, they'd say, look, it, I probably wouldn't have given that. Um, but look, we said it from the start of the year, but they had to go through it maybe the first couple of rounds. Very painful for the likes of Clare to go through it. But we've had to go through it. They've had to be shown. And, and now, now I hope, coming near the latter end, the knockout stage, that we'll get the right decisions at the right time. And I think... They're going for the right way. I always said it's nearly the foul decides what it should be. So if if a guy takes a man over without any intention of playing the ball, and he's in an advantageous situation, then that means a penalty within forty meters of goals. That's what it's there for. If there was no danger, you'd go for the ball, wouldn't you? You try and stop a free. You try and stop a pint. So I hope they've got it right at this stage. Um, but I think yeah, it was really uh, the boys backing off each other now with that one. All right, good stuff, lads. We'll come back and we'll talk about the big one of the weekend next. OK, lads, so the big one this weekend, it has to be Tipperary Limerick um, in Parky Kiev at 4.15. Um, uh, Paddy, Limerick are going for the first three in a row since 1936. Now, we know not much turned, uh, gets on top of Limerick kind of pressure-wise. I think it hasn't been done since the late 80s when Tipperary did it. Like, I mean, I don't know. Could this p- potentially be something where Tipperary might think that, you know, this, these, thing, these records are not easily broken? No, yeah, well, I suppose that's one way of putting it. They're not easily broken. Um, but I suppose the biggest monkey that was on Limerick's back was to, to win in All-Ireland um, and even getting through their first Munster final. So I think after a couple of them, and they felt that pressure. They've shown the ability to deal with it. They've shown the ability to form at their highest. 
on a big day. So it doesn't change just because it's, it could be three trophies in a row or it could be your second All-Ireland in a row. I don't think that's actually going to play any factor. I, I couldn't see any pressure on him this weekend in, in that way. I just think what the biggest pressure is to put you know, a Tipperary team who would see themselves as contenders for the All-Ireland into the, the, the shark ball of, um, of the qualifiers and then they potentially meet a Galway or whoever else might be a contender and knock each other out. So I think for them, that's what it is. It's the shortest route to the All-Ireland and at the end of the day, in 10 years' time, All-Ireland is what this Limerick team is going to be judged on. Yes, Munster finals are brilliant uh, and, and you'll always look back fondly on them but All-Ireland finals for, for brilliant players like this, that, that is to be all end of. Maybe that's the case, Brian. Like, I mean, even for someone from Munster to kind of talk about it being all about the All-Ireland, it used to be all about the Munster Championship. Yeah, certainly times are changing, aren't they? <laughs> Paddy uh, won a good few himself, so he, he certainly knows what he's talking about. And look, obviously when you when you win a few provincial championships, it does become all about the All-Irelands. But uh, yeah. like, I just think, I suppose from a Tipperary perspective, I think it's not necessarily about winning the Munster final, but this is about beating this Limerick team. Can they get one over on them? Because Limerick have been very dominant since John Kiley's come, come in, um, not just for Tipperary, but with everyone, I suppose, um, but particularly against Tipperary. And, and, and Sheedy won't like that. You know, he, 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 he will want to win this game, just maybe to get the monkey off the back and for your players to know that they can actually do it. Um, you know, I suppose if you go back to Sheedy's last big rivalry, it would have been against Kilkenny when, when Paddy was involved himself and, and they built it up. You know, the first year maybe they got a lesson, but after that they started to, to narrow the gap and really start to push in the right direction until they eventually beat them in that 2010 All-Ireland. So, you know, they, they knew the importance of, of uh, really the big performances, but then backing it up with the win. Whereas I suppose this Limerick team has kept Tipperary at arm's length and they look to have just too much for them in terms of their style, their tactics, uh, the individual matchups, um, and that will hurt Tipperary because obviously they have a lot of very experienced players, a lot of big players that have won all Ireland themselves. Um, so I, I think Tipperary will have to throw the kitchen sink at them. But there is, I think, you talk to Tipperary people out there, there is a, a kind of um, an undercurrent or fear of this Limerick team that they that they don't suit Tipperary in the way that they play. So I think. Uh, it's a big one from a temporary perspective. And, and you know, I don't think they can afford, as a group of players either, to maybe hedge their best and wait to see, or maybe we'll get them in the All-Ireland and beat them in in, in, the, in that game, you know, in a straight knockout game. I think as a, as a group of players that uh, they'll want to, to win and actually try and take down this little team. Yeah, and even even on that point, uh, Paddy, the year Tipperary won the All-Ireland, like, I mean, they still got hammered by Limerick that year. You know, I don't know, like, I mean, it could be thrown at supporters at the same time and even at the players. Look, you won the All-Ireland, but you got destroyed um, by Limerick that year. After the loss last year, Liam Sheedy said, he said, overall, they outworked us, outmuscled us and we became one-dimensional in the second half and that was the most disappointing aspect of the game. And I suppose outworked us and outmuscled us. Like Brian's saying, that's what Kilkenny did to year team but that didn't happen the following year like one feature of Tipperary was that Tipperary came and met Kilkenny head to head on you know head to head with that kind of work rate Well that's it and there's no way around it you can you can put smoke and mirrors out there you can try and play tricks have a little gadget plays but at the end of the day you want to beat a really good team a physical team you have to have 15 lads on the field at any one time who are going to go head to head Now look sometimes you come up against a team that naturally um, they are bigger and faster. If you both did the same training, they'd be bigger and faster than you. So that is an issue. But I do think Tip are in a lot more appropriate shape 
for playing against a Limerick than they were other years. I thought against Clare the last day, like Clare over the last few years, okay, Tip have won a couple, Clare have beaten them as well, but Clare have often made Tip look really slow, really cumbersome, and, and ran rings around them around the middle of the field, which I didn't think happened the last day. Yes, it was quite a tight game until uh, the sin binning and the penalty, and, and, and then we know all about that. But I thought, in general, Tip Rawl was there with him. They were all able to keep with their fast young players. I think that was a really, really good sign. And look, I, I suppose when I talk about Munster Championships for this Limerick team, I'm talking about is the fact that they've won a couple of Munsters. They've won a couple of All-Ireland. So ultimately, it is the All-Ireland is the big cherry for them. Uh, but for Tip, this is undoubtedly a huge game. Um, you rarely turn up to an All-Ireland final having never beaten the team you're playing and just beat them on the day. That's a really, really difficult thing to do to actually, you know, pull that rabbit out of the hat and, and surprise him for a full 70 minutes. Um, and, and let's not forget, that happened Limerick a couple of years ago with Kilkenny in an All-Ireland semi-final where, you know, they did get ambushed and, and, and beaten well and beaten very well by Kilkenny on the day they did very well to beat him. So this is huge. They, they want to, to me, like I know Brian says, they want to beat him this weekend. I think they first need to perform against them. Uh, Tipperary have not performed now that's down to Limerick a lot I feel but they haven't performed against this Limerick team over the last few years and that's just the fact that's the scoreline and that's the performances and, and the, the, as I said the individual matchups so that's the first thing I mean I think luckily for an underdog you have the, the water break so if Tip can perform up to the, the second or the last water break then Liam Sheedy is there to tell him this is how we bring it home but under those circumstances can a Tipperary team think Sunday, geez, we go in to win this monster fight. They need to go in there. No matter what the personnel, they need to stay at the Limerick group. I think Cork, you know, the last day, you can say what you like about the match, but Cork did a lot of things right on their own puck out. They veered it so, so well. But they also seem to mark up really, really, really tight on that powerful Limerick half forward line, uh, nearly cornerback style uh, with a midfielder sitting. And I think Tip needs to take a little bit of that uh, template, but also use the players that they have up front. So I'm looking forward to, look, Tip have to perform at some stage against them. It is true, they've had the hex over in the last few years, but look, they, they, they've been well warned and they have to stand up and, and be men, I suppose, this weekend as much as anything else. I, I think just on, on the point of being out-muscled, we'll get some into, into some of those tactical points Paddy's talking about in a, in a second. But, like, I mean, I think, didn't he play um, O'Connor and, and Morris and a few forwards last year where they maybe were out-muscled, Brian? Like, I mean, Dan McCormack, you have Breen, you have Noel McGrath, you have Ronan Marr, Brendan Marr, Seamus Kenny. They're all in that middle third. No team should be out-muscling them. No, they shouldn't, no. Um, you know, and, and I think that's one thing. When Sheedy has Tipperary Pern, their work rate is phenomenal. You know, and they get it from everyone. You know, John McGrath, Noel McGrath, Shami Canlon's work rate can be excellent. Even Bubbles is working when, when he's on it. Um, so that's that's what they'll be going to. And I think I think Paddy's hit the nail in the head there. You know, it, it's about a performance first and foremost. It's about this work rate, relentless work rate. And they know they're going to have to do it for 70 minutes plus. Um, they're capable of doing it. There's no doubt about it. And um, but it's just, I suppose, it's getting their matchups right, you know. And uh, you know who marks the two half forwards, you know, um, who picks up Aaron Galan, who picks up Seamus Flanagan, you know. And and I think, in fairness to them, they got the matchups right against uh, against Clare. So it will be interesting to see what way will Tipperary approach it. You know, will they will they allow? Um, the centre back, whether that's Seamus Kennedy or, or Rowan Marr, sit into the pocket um, and, and try and sweep up ball, and then maybe drop a midfielder, or, or maybe you know play a two-man full forward line, which allows you know them to come out because maybe Willie Connors will start ahead of John McGrath this time and come out into that middle third and do some of that work. So you know it's interesting. You know Tipperary surely 
will have to have learned from their last few um, experiences playing Limerick. Um, as I said, they were outmuscled and they were outfought, but they were also outmaneuvered as well, and they, they didn't know how to deal with it. So it will be interesting to see have have they learned from it, and can they first and foremost get their matchups right, and then obviously the work rate it, it's a given. I suppose we 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 kind of expect that any top level inter county team um, out there they're expected to work like absolute dogs for sixty seventy minutes. It shouldn't it shouldn't be kind of a uh, God, their work rate was unreal. That that should be a given at a top level, top level sport, not just hurling. I suppose um, it, it's expected of of this Tipperary team at the weekend. So, yeah, it's just it's just it's just an interesting, I suppose, an intriguing encounter from that perspective. Because uh, if I go to another style, maybe I thought it's maybe taken five years for Kenny to figure out Wexford style, and they finally did it just about. But uh, they finally did it. So I'll be interested to see now will will Liam Sheedy. Um, have figured out this uh, and, and the backroom team I suppose you have to give a lot of credit to he's a very astute backroom team you know you have Tommy Dunn Darry Egan Yvonne Kelly Selector and you have Eamon O'Shea so these are no agents that's for sure Yeah Paddy do they have the, the, the legs for that relentless work rate for 75 minutes? I think I think if you look at it they're going to have five subs to come on so you know a third year team will only have to have that relentless work rate for 50 minutes, yeah. 55 minutes, 60. I think I think they have, if you're talking about if they do, I don't know yet until we see the match Sunday. Had they the last two, couple of years, they didn't. Like if you were looking at it, they didn't. Uh, they were getting ran through. Um, whether that's, you know, cardio, whether that's speed work, I don't know. What I've seen this year so far, I think they've kept with other teams better than they have in the last few years, in the last few seasons. So that's what I'm working off. I still think, like, I'm looking at the team there. I know John McGrath probably hasn't been playing well, even though I'm a big fan of him, so he mightn't get the start the weekend. Noel didn't play brilliant, but I still think they, might, they may move Noel up and they may put in, like, an Alan Flynn around midfield, so you'd have Dan McCormack, Alan Flynn, with that bit of pace. Um, Dan McCormack showed the last day, and he has for Boris Lee. I'm lucky enough to play with him. When he plays that midfield role, he has a very, very innate ability to sit in when he's needed and cover. And I think it could work out for the better. Like, to me... What's 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 the biggest poison you're picking with Limerick? To me, it's their half forward line, and leaving them loose around and midfield, obviously leaving them loose around there, you're in serious serious damage. I prefer them to score two goals than their half forward line to dominate because they will just pick you apart and you will get no launch pad going forward. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Brendan Maher step right up and Keane Lynch, Rowan Maher, or even if they put Paddy out in the wing slot, they step right up in their men and trust that Dan McCormack and Alan Flynn will be able to do enough work around the middle to get back and, and uh, cover any holes that are left. So it's very, very interesting to see what way they'll go. Um, I think they do need to get up tight and see can we manage them at the back. You have uh, Barry Heffernan is in very, very good form. I thought he played well the last day under a lot of ball coming in. And we know Barrett is in the form of his career. So I think you need to back those. Hope that Potty, whoever goes in on Potty, that could be a mismatch because you know, if he's on Flanagan, if he's on Casey, they're quick players, fine. But I think if you get enough pressure out the field, then you'd hope to stop that source. Yeah, I, I was thinking, like, did Cork kind of show away, uh, Brian, of how to handle Limerick, where they dropped Coleman off, they had a midfielder picking up Keane Lynch, and Coleman worked as a bit of a sweeper. I was thinking that role would work perfectly for Paddy Marg, take away the responsibility of marking, let Flynn or someone in midfield pick up Keane Lynch when he drops, and let Paddy kind of, you know, do a Declan Hannon on the other side and be that kind of orchestrator, experienced leader there. Yeah, I mean, I think when Clare went down to 14 men, I thought he did that 
very well uh, also. Um, so he he certainly has the experience when he plays centre-back. I suppose he likes to play that role himself. So there's no doubt about it. He, he's well able to do it. Um, so again, that goes back to my initial point. of it, It's just really interesting to see what will their matchups actually be. Yeah. Um, because they will they will have to put a lot of thought into it. And <clears throat> But another thing I have to give Tipperary credit for is <clears throat> they thought that Bubbles would nullify John Conlon coming out from the corner forward role. Do you know that that withdrawn the corner forward? But it didn't work. And <clears throat> it wasn't until Bubbles actually went out on centre forward on, on John Conlon and hurled off him that, that uh, they really started to nullify John Conlon's strengths down the other end. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Tipperary kind of a lot of work needed on their, their matchups beforehand, but they're very good during the game as well. But the other side of it, I suppose... We're bigging up Limerick as if they were hurling the way they were last year. They were, they won the game comfortably the last day, but we can't say they were as impressive as they were last year. Yeah. We'd be lying if we said otherwise. You know, Gerard Hegarty was quiet for his standards. Tom Morrissey was taken off. I know Gerard was too towards the end of the game. Aaron Galan was taken off. He was very quiet. Do you know, so Graham Mulcahy only, you know, not really featuring this year at all. So it's, you know, it, it, it's interesting to see from a Limerick perspective they'll have to get back up to those heights we're, we're just assuming that this is going to be the Limerick team we saw last year or maybe over the last couple of years where they're you know they're they're eating everyone up in terms of their work rate and, and their use of the ball and, and their scoring um, but the only thing you will say with Limerick is they're very astute too you know they, they made use of Dara Donovan as the spare man you know he got up and got the goal um, he, you know he a lot of ball went through him Keen Lynch did a lot of damage when he was at centre forward as well so you know they're they're very good from that perspective but I suppose we can't uh, we can't big them up too much either. They they have to perform because, as you said, Cork troubled them. You know their 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 match up and, and getting Coleman free really worked, and they had a lot of opportunities themselves. I know Limerick had, had wide too, but uh, we, as I said, I don't think Limerick were as impressive as uh, as we've seen over the last couple of years. Could you see a situation, Paddy, where you've party centre back Brendan Brendan Maher following? Um Hegarty and then you have maybe Seamus Kennedy follow, follow, or, or Ronan Mar following Tom Morrissey and that's your half-back line and doing, the, and doing that kind of thing You could see something like that I, the only thing I, I think about that where you're playing an orthodox sweeper against Limerick is they're used to playing against that every day they're used to like you see they're bunching and breaking when they're in their full forward line and sometimes when you play a sweeper against Limerick they're null and void they're chasing shadows especially Pawdy mightn't cover the ground across as quickly to cut off space so that's the only reason I'm not sure and I think what you're doing again if you go with an orthodox sweeper and Brendan follows up and, and whoever you have they're all similar markers in the half back line um, you're, you're showing Limerick something they've seen before and I think if I was tip I'd come with something a little different maybe try and Squash up that middle third, get lads up, and maybe trust that you have a natural player in a Dan McCormack or a natural defender in Alan Flynn that will know the time to get back into that hole. Because again, O'Donoghue midfield the last day, Will Donoghue broke through a number of times, so he's another weapon for them. So they do they do need somebody that will cover all the way back there. He 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 nearly got through for a few goal chances the last day. So it is interesting. I just would like something different, which is get right up and take a bit of a chance. As, as Brian said, like. Probably Glenn isn't hurling the way he did last year yet. Um, but then again, we were saying this last year about Limerick. We were saying, geez, they're, they're only performing to the standard they need to, but then in the All-Ireland, they blew him away. So we'll see. And so I still think they have it in them. Uh, but I think Tip needs to come with something different than just your regular 
sitting in because I think Limerick are too used to that. I don't know, but, but like I think Paddy, we're, you're pretty much saying something similar though. Like as in Paddy or whoever centre back will follow, and you'll have a midfielder, you know, holding that maybe number six position, or you know, to stop that burst down the middle, or potentially if Galan goes around Barrett, that you're maybe closing him off there as well. Yeah, I just I just feel like that's kind of a sitting back in role. Uh, yeah, it is that. You do need somebody coming back. And look, the, you know, what you really want is that your team is working so hard that you're convincing all the forward line, that you're able to dispossess them, that they're running into traffic. Like, that's what you ideally want. I think that's why I'd have Flynn and Dan McCormick playing, is that they are able to work hard enough to get in and, and make that 60-metre, 65-metre uh, line and in towards the tip goal like, like a really tough place to be and, and, and lots of bodies there. But... I just think they have to do it in a different manner. I think Paddy, I'd more see, like to see him marking somebody, to be honest. Um, that's just that I think he would go better. I think he needs to go man-to-man on somebody and that somebody, you know, a little bit sprightler needs to get around and then break out with that ball. They need to break forward. And that's another reason I'd like to see Brendan pushing up the field, him get onto breaks and push forward himself because we saw Cork the last day. They got a nice bit of joy by pushing forward with ball. That's the second part of how you can trouble Limerick. If you just lob balls down on top of them, they love that, like a lot of good teams. But if you can start getting the ball through the hands around midfield, running at them, then you might see a little bit more joy. Well, like, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to the, the... I think both teams are going to play a two-man full forward line. That's that's fairly obvious. So if Cahill Barrett picks up Galan, I'll throw this to you, Brian. Tell me I'm wrong on these matchups. Cahill Barrett pick up Aaron Galan. You'll have Barry Heffernan on Flanagan. That would leave Paddy Maher and Peter Casey, which I don't think is a good match, unless, unless they move Paddy out of there. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you on that one. Um, they might leave. They might leave Cottle Barrett. I think on Peter Casey, better matchup. Um, and trust that Paddy has to be able to take Seamus Flanagan. Uh, that, that, if that'd be my take on it, yeah, we might even see a case where Barry Heffernan might be the one to go out and grow integrity in terms of his size and athletic ability as well. Um, Barry Heffernan well able to play there. I think when he's named at four, he's he's usually the choice that goes out around that middle third. Um, but Carl Barrett's well able to do that too like the last day he followed Tony Kelly absolutely everywhere so when Tony Kelly went out to centre forward after 10 or 15 minutes he followed him out there and Tip were very happy with that and that's where they got their matchups perfect um, you know Brendan Maher has hurled in the full back line for Tipperary too going back in the man marking role so that's why it's very hard to actually envisage what these matchups are going to be because I think Tip have to give it a lot of thought and they have played them now three or four times they surely have figured out what's going to suit them. I, I, I kind of would agree with Paddy. I, I think Paddy Maher, while he did well there against Clare, they're still at 15 and 14. Um, you know, and it suited, it suited Clare. Paddy was under a lot of pressure when Ian Galvin was marking him. Uh, he, you know, he was sniped for one too. He was, he, he, he was brought out to cornerback as well, which he really didn't uh, enjoy. So, um, you know, Paddy, I think, it's a strange decision Tipperary to push him back into the full back line um, because I don't think apart from maybe his, his debut year um, he hasn't been hugely comfortable there he's been tried there on and off over the years whereas obviously at half back he's, he's, he's much more uh, fluid he, he's a warrior he loves being in the middle of the, the heat of the kind of the battle um, so you know it, it's it, it's a strange one but I, I do appreciate the point you're making that if if Tipperary can learn from Cork and what they did, um, can they make can they make hay with that? But then I can I suppose I'm listening to Paddy, you know, a Ireland winner or Tipperary, you know, they're very fluid in terms of their tactics. Um, we'll not say that they're, they're they're not naive in terms of tactics, but I suppose he's looking for maybe a bit more 
proactive in terms of going at Limerick and uh, trusting the defenders that they have. If you get the matchups right and then trusting those defenders that they can actually nullify their players um, and that he's looking for maybe war- more work rate from the half forward and the midfield in terms of crowding out that middle third um, and, and trying to maybe hurt them from that perspective. But it does take patience. You can't lump the ball up. you got to work it through the lines, as Paddy said, and, and then try and play good ball inside um, to Shamey or whoever else is inside. Um, and, and and try and hurt them from that perspective, um, you know. So it's 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 you know it's it's an interesting one. I think this is the beauty of it. We're going over and back now for maybe ten minutes, and uh, we're probably still none the wiser in terms of what the match is going to be. I think this is what is so intriguing about this encounter. Yeah, no, definitely. The matchups on the other side, like I mean, can you see or Paddy? Can you see Dan Morrissey coming back in to pick up Shane McCallan, and you know Finn is most likely going to pick up whoever else is in there, and we we don't know who that a another will be. Probably John McGrath, unless unless Slim Sheedy makes a change in there. Yeah, I can, I can see definitely Dan Morrissey. I actually thought, <laughs> I don't know, I was like a little bit too confident. You know, you never know what's happening in training, but it's a bit overconfident leaving off your, your, your star full back, I thought. And like, you know, Richie English played okay in the league back after a cruise which is brilliant, but to me, wasn't setting it alight. So I thought that was a very, very strange one starting off your first game. But look, maybe it puts a pep in the step of the panel, but uh, Morrissey, to me, I mean, there's no hope he won't be playing the next day and either, you know. But the, the only thing is that for Tip, I, I don't think John will start the next day, John McGrath. Um, but they'll have Shamie Callanan in there. They'll probably have Bubbles in there. And to me, I'd have Jason Ford in there as well. And the reason there is that I think one of those can get purchased out of that full back line. I think if Jason Ford is the one being picked up by uh, Richie English or by um, Nash, maybe, if he was playing Cardinal, that I think you know, direct ball in, Jason's very strong. If Shamey gets a few good balls, you know, he can do damage on, on a lot of people. So I do think if they put those three inside that they do very well. Like I would keep uh, Morris out the field because he can move. I thought his work rate was way up the last day. Um, and then you have Breen on the other side. So you have, a, I think, a better balance of having a lot of quicker players out the field and then maybe you'll have a bit more kind of finishing ability and strength inside to hopefully keep it in there if they do get ball in. Right, but they've gone away, Paddy, from the three-man full forward line altogether. Unless you're, unless you to to maybe block out the middle third a little bit. Unless you're thinking me, he might throw a rabbit out of the hat. Well, like the last day, I was watching. I was down at the end in the first half, and in, in right near the forward line, and Bubbles was only maybe playing. There was two inside, and Bubbles was only playing out about thirty meters. So right. you know, I wouldn't have called it a two inside. I called it a two and a half, maybe. What would they call it? a false, a false fifteen, maybe they call it in Ireland, but. Certainly would have said they had, but they did bring Willie Connors in there, and that is the other option that they say, right, we'll play the two inside, Willie Connors will come out 40 or 50 metres, and, you know, even if the Limerick guys get the ball in the half-back line, then we might have somebody there to try and rush them even, rush the passes, make them clear it a bit quicker, but I suppose, again, that's, that's something to be seen. I'd be more, I would think what they might do is shove Noel up as a centre-forward, Norm McGrath, and play... Um, Play Flynn midfield, but look, I don't know. I've been wrong on most selections so far, so we'll see what they do. Yeah, no, but I think Fi- I think Flynn would be suited to this game. I definitely do uh, for maybe dropping back or picking up, you know, Keen Lynch again. Limerick have so many options. They Tipperary could plan for all of this like Cork did, and then Limerick could have learned their lesson the last time, Brian, and maybe start Keen Lynch in midfield, and then Tipperary go, oh Jesus, we didn't plan for this. Yeah, yeah, and look, Keen Lynch has such an influence on that that Limerick performances because no matter where he is. Uh, he he still is a big bear, and a lot of ball goes through him. His runs are are dangerous, and he always chips in with two or three points. Um, so he's a serious serious outfit. But I, I suppose 
he's an exceptional midfielder and I'd say the only reason he's playing centre-forward, he, he does a great job there, don't get me wrong, he's better than most, most he would have played centre-forward, but it's because obviously they just feel they're able to get William O'Donoghue and, uh, you know, um, Daryl Donovan, yeah. both them onto the field. You know, so it's, that, I suppose they look at it, it gives better balance to the team and they can make on-field changes if they see fit. Um, so it's, 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 it is a... It is a strange one. Like Kyle Hayes, I suppose, going back to wing back has completely changed everything up for them because he's offering so much uh, in terms of his runs up the field. Uh, he's so strong, he can't put the ball down top of him, and then he's getting up the field and he's scoring a goal like he did the last day. But he, he's usually able to pick a point or two as well, and you have the same on the other side in terms of different burns. So, like it's a, uh, it's it, Limerick have a lot of lot of strength. We know that, um, but as you said, it's interesting to see. Will it be Dan Morrissey back inside? You'd expect it would because look, Dan Morrissey's excellent. He, he just showed his versatility by the way he got to slot into full back last year. Um, and then it'll be, I suppose, it'll, will it be between Barry Nash or, or Rich English being that third um, in that full back line? Uh, yeah, so so it's it's uh, it's interesting. I, th- I still think you know Limerick will be maybe amazingly going into this monster final not happy with their performance, as I said, and they'll be looking to maybe kick on and try and really drive it home against this Tipperary team. So um Tipperary is gonna to have to meet this fire and fire. I think Paddy kinda of touched on that. If they don't if they don't, if they don't meet that first and foremost and remember the the importance of the battle um in that middle third at the start, um Tipperary could be in for a long day. Yeah, Kyle Hayes is nearly at the stage as a wing back now where you near, nearly need to be deciding who's marking him rather than the other way around he's kind of <laughs> so good going going forward come here Paddy we'll leave it on this one is Brendan Cummins was saying I think Tip planned for this game since the start of the league given they've conceded the puck out so often knowing that down the road if they're to win anything they'd have to beat Limerick now I'm scratching my head a little bit at that I, I, I can kind of understand right concede the kick concede the puck out I'll say kick out here lads my brain is, is uh, completely <laughs> Um, thinking like that but right so they'll move back a line half a line and they'll condense the field and then the cornerback will be wondering you know right shit I have it there's nothing on up, up in front of me the other side of that and I'll even use Gaelic football as an example no team is conceding the kick out, a kick out easily in Gaelic football anymore because you're just handing possession to the opposition and it's just interesting to see hurling managers kind of trying to figure this out why give Limerick a guaranteed possession instead of contesting that possession with them? I think it's a little bit of fear, really. Uh, just use that in the context that it is. It's not that they fear Limerick, but you look at what a team's strength is, and Limerick working the ball through the hands and committing the Tipperary for So say playing Tipperary Sunday. Tipperary commit their forwards up to close that down, and they're so good at breaking through that little uh, army of men in the forward line that then the whole team is open. And yeah. then they'll run it right down their throat, open the space, and then you're in serious, serious trouble. Now, the thing is with that, if you talk about Cork, they did it a different way. Cork have younger and faster players. And to me, you know, that's just a fact I see in front of my eyes. It's not criticizing. I don't think they have as good a player as a tip, but they're faster. So they could afford to come up the field, kind of put pressure on them. And if the Limerick backs got it, that they, they had the pace to stay with him and making a difficult game and tip at the minute you know if you look into the full forward line Jamie has a lot of games played so you know probably not as sprightly as he was when he was younger uh, John McGrath played the last day probably not you know hasn't huge pace bubble similar Jason Ford similar and if you put Noel in there so it's a, to me it's just the fact that you, you go and commit men up the field if they get that ball through that first or second line you're in serious trouble and I think that's just to me it's a sensible tactic 
Now, what often happens is players are on the field, they have the tactic and they expect the tactic to do the work. Yeah. But actually, that'll only give you the basis for your intensity to follow on with that. So it's up to Kip then when it gets to 40 metres, uh, you know, when they get the ball to 40 metres, that then they close the space and, and bring the intensity. There is a logic to this. There is a logic to that, Brian, and I completely understand the logic. The other logic of it is that you're giving a possession-based team free possession. Mm. And our tip are already bluffing then. You know, maybe they've set up this way knowing that they're going to have to play them and, and they're not going to hand them over at all. You know, like you just, yeah. you just don't know. And I hate to be the devil's advocate in this one, but maybe this is exactly what they're going to do. Maybe they're going to, they're going to close them down, force them to go along. But I think, having watched Tipperary up close now a couple of times this year, um, they gave them up against Cork as well. They would seem to be just hell-bent on making sure their half-back line and ultimately their full-back line weren't exposed with a long ball, you know, where uh, the, maybe the full forward line was coming out and winning ball. Um, you know, on the opposition. So they were definitely afraid of that. They, they didn't seem to mind uh, who sat into the pocket, but they were determined that one player in the Tipperary half-back line sat into the pocket to cover that space and nullify that threat. They were constantly talking to each other, took a lot of on-field organisation um, to, to make it happen, but they were constantly making sure that everyone was picked up and they just conceded the, the sharp lookouts. But I, I'd, I'd agree with you, Willie. I don't know, is that the best thing to do against this Limerick team? As you said, they're so comfortable playing that ball through the lines. Uh, they have so many options when they do that. And I just think, I just think it'd be madness. Um, it would take something huge from this Tipperary team to try and nullify that um, in terms of bre- forcing the break, break that, forcing that to break down or turn them over. Um, maybe when it gets to around between the forty-five and sixty-five, uh, it's very hard to see how that would work. Um, and and I probably going back to what Paddy was on about, we're doing something different. I'd nearly be like them, trusting your backline. Maybe we, maybe we'll force them to go along, see see how well they can actually. If we get our matchups right. How good will they be if we uh, actually try and nullify them? As I said, maybe Barry Heffern or Ronan Maher on Polly uh, or um, on Gerard Hegarty. You know, if they don't have that long ball there, uh, they need someone athletic, obviously, in Tom Mercy because his runs are, are phenomenal. Um, so it's yeah, I, I, I'd be like, I'd be probably leaning to you. I would I wouldn't think that would be the right way for Tipperary to go at all. Okay, let's finish up, Paddy. Briefly, who do you think is going to win it? Uh, look, at, well, uh, my heart says tip, but look, Limerick, I think, are in the driver's seat. And uh, no, I, I, I don't try and come on and just pick a team for the sake of it, even if it's tip. I've often backed against I think they'll find it difficult. So I think a good performance by tip, but I, you know, it's hard to look past Limerick. And hopefully, just maybe they might, you know, tip might keep it into them for a long time. Brian? Uh, last year, I predicted Tipperary, myself and Cheddar both did, and did, you yeah. lambasted it. <laughs> and I. Uh, I'll gladly take your advice this time, Willie. I go home and <laughs> <laughs> You'll never be. You'll never make that mistake of getting schooled by me the following week again, Brian. Uh, well, you know, yeah, I'm only going one way as well, and and that's and that's Limerick. But I, I agree with Paddy. If Tipperary have a good performance, I think it'd be something definitely um, to build on. But it's hard to see them. It's hard to see them beating them. Right, boys. We'll come back in part three, and we'll look at the other three games. Okay, so Dublin Kilkenny is the other big one in Croke Park. This is on Saturday night at half past seven. Like, I mean, Paddy, the obvious thing to say about Kilkenny is we know they don't do complacency, but if they were a team that did complacency, they wouldn't be complacent after seeing the Dublin performance, you know, against Galway. Like, I mean, that could really kickstart Dublin. But then again, you look at Kilkenny and go, there's no way they'll just walk into a Leinster final. We know exactly what we're going to get from Kilkenny. 
Yeah, exactly. Like you couldn't see him really being this, you know, sleepwalking in like Galway. You know, you'd probably say they sleepwalked in or whatever. They weren't fully awake anyway for what Dublin were bringing and Dublin brought some serious, serious aggression and intent in what they were doing. They knew their game plan and that I would have been critical about that during the league. I didn't think they knew exactly what they were doing on the field, but it was a lot more fluid the last couple of days. Um, but no, I, uh, Kilkenny like can't be complacent because they haven't got to where they want to since you know since they won their last All Ireland was it 2015 or whenever it was. So they haven't got to those heights. So they are ravenous now, in fairness. And you know it's very obvious from the Wexford match they are playing for each other. Um, they know they haven't won. They they want to get back to the top. And I think it'll, I think it could be a cracker of a game. The only thing I'd say is that I thought that Kilkenny Wexford game was as intense a game as we've seen for a long, long time. Um, and I thought for the first time in a few years, Kilkenny forced another good team to play their style. I didn't see Wexford hitting as many long balls in a, in, in you know in many of the year maybe, and that's from Kilkenny absolutely dogging them and making them play the style they wanted. So look, I think Brian Cody's doing a brilliant job. He's building a panel again. It's, it's the same style he had. Everyone's hungry to be on the team. Nobody's there on reputation. You see Wally Walsh coming on, um, and you see Donnelly coming on. Both have played in All-Ireland Finals for Kilkenny before. Both made a huge difference, and they're ravenous for it. So I think he has the, the squad fairly porn. Here's the thing, Brian, that Kilkenny could do on on Saturday night is obviously Dublin have. I think when you have a very obvious tactic that any manager should be thinking, what can I do to disrupt potentially this tactic? I know Kilkenny like to play their own game, but a simple thing: if Burke is going back playing centre back to leave Liam Liam Rush free, why not play Walter Walsh centre forward? Kind of force Dublin to make Liam Rush probably have to pick him up then. Yeah, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting because. Liam Rush, when he just played the normal sweeper role of say sweeper centre back, we call it, you know, against Antrim, Neil McMahon has caused huge problems for him. You know, got six points in playoff him. And you know, Liam was much better the last day, obviously, um, in that kind of more freer role against Galway. They've they've maybe showed their hand a bit. Owen O'Donnell, if he's fit, it's gonna be a big thing to Dublin. If he's not fit, it, it's really gonna hurt them. He, won't, he, is, he won't be he won't be fit though, Brian, going off with a hamstring two weeks ago. Like Yeah, and, it's very hard to see at this stage, yeah. And like now the only thing I'll say is Sean Moran will probably come into the game. You know, James Madden might go back into the full back line. Like Sean Moran is, is a big player. It it it's it, I'd be scratching my head, I suppose, when you're not involved in it, you don't know. Maybe he's not in a in a rich vein of form or whatever, but you'd be wondering how Sean Moran's not making that team because uh, you know, he's been excellent for Kula and for Dublin over the last number of years. So maybe it just shows the, the level of, of uh, talent and, and actual, uh, you know, form that these Dublin players are in. The full back line um, are peak tough. You know, you have Keno Tallinn and Paddy Smith. They're so fast. They're so strong. Um, they'd be a nightmare to mark. And, you know, the Kenny forwards are going to really earn their scores from there. But I can't see Walter starting to go back to your original point. I just can't. No. I think he's... he's Going to be in as an impact sub at this stage. Now I know Brian Cody does uh, reward form, um, but I just I just don't see it at the moment. I don't think Walter's done enough. Maybe um, I think he's going to be kept in reserve along with uh, the likes of Killian Buckley and maybe Connor Fogarty. Um, I just I think he looks at the, he's those big players and they're all still super fit. It's not like they've they've lost the out of pace, but I just think he's he he's trusting these younger players and um, he'll go at them from that perspective. You know you you think. Uh, will will Kenny Bradford? It'd be still very hard for Kenny to meet 
the highs, you know, and meet that performance again. Because it was, as Paddy said, that was an unbelievable performance. And I said it earlier in the show, I think Wexford would have beaten a hell of a lot of teams um, on that day. Um, so it just shows how, how well Kilkenny had to play and then go into extra time. I think obviously they're fit enough to, to be okay for this Leinster final, but I just think it'll be very hard to reach those highs again. So I don't see a huge amount in it um, going, going into this game. I think Dublin obviously are, are going to be very, very uh, confident going into it. They really trusted. They've had two great wins now. You know, you have to remember going into the Antrim game, a lot of people were hitting Antrim. Yeah. Um, and they absolutely destroyed them. You know, left it, uh, after 15 minutes, it was maybe tight, but they were still in control. And then they just kicked on. And we're seeing Danny Sutcliffe probably back in the form of his career. We're probably going back to 2013 since we've seen Danny Sutcliffe being so consistent in his performances. And that's a big thing. And, you know, Ron Hayes inside offers something different. He's been he's been there the last couple of years, but he suppose he hasn't been consistent, whereas at the moment now he's offering um, some great stuff. Um, so, you know, Dublin Dublin certainly won't feel like Kenny. They never had. You know, Dublin are extremely confident slash cocky type players and uh, they, they they never fear anyone when they go up against them so I think they'll they'll relish this um, so if Kenny are on it I tell you one thing they'll be in for a tough tough day they definitely will Owen O'Donnell we've, we've mentioned him I can't see him playing Paddy like I mean he is a massive loss because they always, always have that danger of what Cody likes to do is sticking TJ in full mm. forward for periods in the game yeah no he's, he's massive like he's up there with the top Fullbacks in the country now. He's he could even be the top fullback in the country. When you talk about the modern day, and it's 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 never been harder as a fullback or a cornerback to attack the ball. Like I was always taught, get out in front of your man, read the play. You get to before him, he can't get. It's never been harder because the ball in is just pristine. Yeah. These days. And the, the corner forwards are so much better to make runs. So from that perspective, he's still able to get out in front. And if he doesn't get out in front, you're still not going by him. So to have that option taken away, that probably says to you, you need to hold a man even deeper. You probably need to hold another uh, defender in or midfielder in to protect. Even though Keane O'Callaghan, brilliant for Kula and Dublin, Paddy Smith has shown you know, his ability to man-mark as well. Still, that's an X factor gone out of defence. And as you said, creating mismatches, when we played against Kilkenny and they had six great forwards, they always maybe put Shefflin on your less experienced person or TJ Reid when he came to that age. And that won't be lost. That definitely won't be lost on um, on Brian Cody. And they're missing a man of stature on the square now. No matter what happens, they don't have a big, strong, fast fullback. Might have Keno Callum put in there. He's a little bit smaller and he'll do the job. He's not going to have the power of an Owen O'Donnell. And that will not be lost on, on Cody. And maybe you'll see TJ Reid in there. Maybe Wally Walsh will come on and come in as a full forward. But certainly he'll try and exploit it. That, that's definitely it. Uh, like, I mean, how, how do you see Kilkenny approaching it? Because they did mix up the long ball with the short ball the last time, Brian. And a lot of the talk is how they're going away from the long ball. Jeez, I saw them hit loads of long ball. Oh, Cody's brilliant in the air. TJ's brilliant in the air. Walter Walsh is excellent in the air. Like, I mean, I know the long ball doesn't work against the sweeper, which Dublin will play. But, you know, Wex or Kilkenny weren't afraid of it the last time. Yeah, no, I suppose the difference in their long ball was that it wasn't being hit from the full back line. You know, which Kilkenny probably uh, traditionally did. You know, I, I picture straight away of, of Paul Murphy, you know, and Jackie Turles getting the ball out in the corner, teams dropping off them, and the boys just launching it down with snow on top of them. Yeah. You know, and, and Tommy Walsh was always at that as well, and JJ hit it over the shoulder. You know, these are phenomenal hurlers, but they obviously had unbelievable players they're the best of all time able to win their own ball up the front and when when you know as the the team didn't stay at those heights obviously they weren't getting as much joy from going there what I think they've done differently this year 
Um, and they've been building up to this over maybe the last year or two, is they're now playing the ball through the lines in the half-back line and full-back line so much better until they get it to maybe midfield, their own half-back line, and they're playing a much more measured uh, long ball in. You know, a, a long, high diagonal ball. Um, and that's mixing up their styles. It's not always route one. You know, so I think I think that's uh, the key difference in what Kilkenny are doing right now. It's the fact that they're they're much less predictable, and it's very hard. Even if you have a sweeper, um, you know, because Wexford had the sweeper. You know, Kevin Foley maybe saved him a couple of times in terms of the balls that won Cody caught, but uh, they were still able to get that more measured high ball in on top of Owen Cody. TJ if he's in there, whatever Wall, Wally, whoever's in there, I guarantee you one thing: if they're playing for Kilkenny, they'll catch a high ball. That's one given anyway, for sure. But as I said from the from the outset, I think that's the difference in Kenny this year. They're much more measured. They're much less predictable, and and they're getting joy from that. And I think that's why uh, they cause so much trouble to Wexford, and that's why I think they're going to cause trouble to a lot of teams this year. How did Dublin handle the strong points on the Dublin team, uh, Paddy? I'm thinking of obviously Crummy and Sutcliffe on the half forward line ball-winning ability, you know, the size of him, the physicality. I'm thinking Conor Brownlow is a big enough big enough man, might pick up crummy. Who picks up Sutcliffe? I, Hugh Lawler looks to be made, tailor-made to, to be all over Ronan Hayes' back for 70 minutes. Yeah, he is, yeah. I, I see Corcoran from Bally Hale is playing wing-back the last day and he's a tall... Took him off, yeah. Player, so took, him, took him off at yeah, half-time. He, took him off. He was doing okay. I don't think he was doing nothing special, but... One thing for sure, they certainly will have some of the earmarks for Sutcliffe. Sutcliffe is doing too much damage not yeah. to have. Even would you take Porig Walsh out of position? But the problem is, like, Mannion, Porig Mannion marked him. And Porig Mannion is one of the best hurlers in Ireland and couldn't get near him. Yeah. Now, I, I'd say a lot of that down in fairness to Matty. We've criticised Matty Kenny a little. The the range of puckouts were brilliant. Uh, they were putting him out into space for the likes of Sutcliffe to run onto because no matter how tall you are or how good a jumper you are, if you have to stand under the puck out, then any good half-back would probably stop in 99% of the time. So um, I'm not sure exactly who they've put on. They might even say, Conor Fogarty, this is the game for you and, and in a mark, Danny Sutcliffe. So they have, but they have options as well. You know, Kilkenny do have good markers at the minute and they can, they're able for that negativity. And you know, a lot of their players are able to say to them, right, you go and you mark him and he doesn't touch the ball, you don't touch the ball and you're going well. But to be honest, I think Danny Sutcliffe will do damage. He's done a lot of damage against Kilkenny before. Um, he certainly won't fear him. And him and Crummy do need to get running with the ball. Um, if they're to break through, if they're to get a foothold, Kilkenny have often struggled against teams who are going to hand-pass the ball through the lines and then try and try and stop them that way. So um, it'd be very interesting. I do think they have a big chance themselves, but I'm just afraid. The only thing I'm afraid of is Kilkenny just getting enough ball in that they'll get three or four hammer blows at goals. And, you know, they've shown that ability the last day. Oh, Cody was very close to having a lot more scored in the great game. So that's the only thing I fear. But Dublin, look, they're playing well. Uh, Crummy and Sutcliffe have to have a good game. Keen Bowling is moving well around the field. Um, so they are doing well. But look, it's, it's a tough task. I, I do think, obviously, Kilkenny are the, the favourites for it. But um, Dublin certainly have a chance. And, and as, as Brian said at the start, they will not fear Kilkenny in the slightest. How do you see it going, Brian? Um, I still think Kenny will win it but I don't think it'll be as straightforward as people maybe might think um, just to go in there one second I think Paddy Deegan might come out might be the man to come out and Danny Sutcliffe um, yeah. he has the legs he, he's strong in the air um, and, and you know he, he's 
he's very very strong in, in general so he, he they might earmark him and bring in the corner back we haven't seen Connor Delaney yet this year maybe you know I don't know if he's had injury problems or whatever but he he's excellent they have more maybe cornerback options to come in there I don't think Derek Harkin will start again um, no obviously it could be proved wrong on all this but uh, that that's my view on it um, but as I said I think Kilkenny will do it but uh, it, it won't be plain sailing same with you Paddy yeah same with me um I think it'll be very, very close. Kilkenny, if, they, if Dublin can withstand early doors in terms of high ball barrage and, and runners through the middle, uh, TJ coming through the middle, uh, whoever, Billy Ryan coming through the middle, then I do think it'll be very, very close and Dublin will really grow in confidence. So I think that first 20 minutes is really important. But I do think at the end of the day, like Kilkenny have a couple of X factors that Dublin don't and missing Owen O'Donnell, I think they're star men. So look, I'd I, I take Kilkenny. Yeah, I'll go for the same one again. The other big one is Clare versus Wexford. This is at half one. It's on Sky. It's an air, it's the early game um, on Sky. Here's the thing I'll throw to you, Brian, is that there's a, no, a lot of people are of the agreement that Wexford didn't recover from that heartbreaking loss to Tipperary in the All-Earn semi-final. And that's, what, two years ago now. How are they supposed to get over the extra time heartbreaking loss to Kilkenny, which is only two weeks ago? <laughs> Nah, I don't buy into that at all. No? Um, I I think there maybe there might have been a case of the overtalk y'all learned the final in terms of the puckouts and you know they got the sweeper wrong in terms of Kevin Foley. I think that was shown in fairness very well in the Sunday game where he he sat into the pocket when they had the extra man um, as opposed to staying back out on the top of the D. Um, so I think they've learned from that. Uh, I think even against uh, Kilkenny in the second half, I thought. You know, when the game was tight, they were still very good at mixing up their their puckouts. They weren't as maybe scripted um, as as they seem to be, um, and they just ran out of legs. They just ran out of, of a bench in in that second half, or Davy not trusting his bench maybe by bringing on those players um, in that extra time. So it's just uh, I can't see them being uh, caught up in this kind of self pity. I think they're going to be actually super determined after losing the last. I think there's a huge kick on Wexford. Um, and it's it's going to be a, a humdinger, I think, between them and Clare because, you know, as I said, I think Clare coming into this in a bit of form too. So look, Wexford, I think it's it's probably their last real throw the kitchen sink at. Yeah, and they won't want to go out in a whimper like they did last year because they were just they were just brutal. You know, there was no other way of describing it. And Davy played maybe a dangerous game by throwing the players under the bus after the game. He was very lucky. Um, that was particularly against the Galway. It was. Um, he was very lucky that Lee Chin, you know, one of his co-captains, actually backed Davy in in publicly and maybe did so in the dressing room as well. Um, you know, that could have went either way inside in the dressing room. Uh, you know, a lot of we know plenty of teams have have uh, thrown the manager out after after statements like that. So it's um, these Wexford players definitely definitely the core uh, group of Wexford players back Davy to the hilt, and I think they're going to go absolutely all out for this on. on uh, on Saturday, and they won't particularly fear this Clare team. You know, they, uh, and we know we talked already about them beating them in the league this year, but I just don't think Clare, while they've been very good, they don't have that fear factor built around them at the moment. Uh, they, like, I mean, this potentially, Paddy, could be Davies' very last game with Wexford. Like, you couldn't see him going back again if they, if they lose this one. Can you see him changing anything up? Like, I mean, playing Kevin Foley back as a sweeper, look, maybe it's a stupid question. It is giving them John Conlon, which Clare are going to love. Can you see him going away from the sweeper? I know I've been suggesting this for five years. <laughs> five years. Five years in, not a hope. Maybe two sweepers, but he wouldn't go at none. Um, but Clare, no, Clare that, that, tactic, that tactic, Clare will love that tactic because they get John Conlon completely free. 
Yeah, but every team does. Like he knows that. Like you play every team, there's going to be one fantastic halfback that's going to be left free. You know, you yeah. go all the way down to Coleman for for Cork. You know, and you say Cork maybe aren't always in the line for All Ireland, but they have a brilliant hurler to play as a sweeper. But they just feel that they have more planned for this style, so they should be able to beat the team that you give the the, the extra man. Yeah. They haven't planned as much for it. So I, I don't see him change. I definitely don't see him changing. Um, I do. I did think it's an interesting point. Like, how do they get over the last day if they can't get over the tip game? I actually think the opposite. Now, I think that's the first time they played with the fervor, the enthusiasm, the real adrenaline that they had in 2019 and before that. Like, I don't think this. To me, if I was a Wexford player, if I was David Fitz, I'd be like, yes, we found it. Okay, we lost that match. We're disappointed, but yes, we we have that thing we had again. That probably something you can't even put a, a finger on, but we had it. We we thought less. We 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 pulled our backsides less. We were there on the ball. We were there in the break, and we we could have beaten Kilkenny. So if I'm from Wexford, I'm actually a bit more buzzing. I'm saying, look, we're actually not too far away from it because Kilkenny are contenders for All Ireland. We're there thereabouts. If we can muster that energy again, then then we can we can definitely beat this Clare team. And I I think they can. You know, I I thought Clare were good against Tip the last day. I thought they were brilliant the first day out, but I thought Waterford lacked a lot of energy. I thought Tip the last day was tit for tat until that um, that Zinbinen. So. I don't think they'll fear Clare. Uh, the only issue I have is more of a tactical one. Do they have somebody to match Tony Kelly? And yeah. I would have always said their cornerbacks probably aren't elite. And it's usually a cornerback you want marking him. So uh, I find that that is, is an issue that um, I find a little bit difficult to overcome if it does turn into a match that's looser and, and the passes are able to be spread around. Well, that's the big one, uh, Paddy, since you brought it up. Like, I mean, last year, Tony Kelly played centre-forward and we know Wexford's tactics is that Matthew Hanlon plays as a marking centre-back because they have Kevin Foley, you know, covering that centre-back or sweeping position. So their whole half-back line, man-mark. Matthew Hanlon doesn't have the pace for Tony Kelly. So can you see Tony Kelly coming back out to centre-forward and having Wexford to be scratching their heads of what to do? Or do you see him now decided on in the full forward line? I'd say they might do similar as the last two days and, and start him inside uh, because, again, I like the, they're fine cornerbacks with Wexford, but Tony Kelly is on another level. You're talking about Cahill Barrett had it all to do to keep him quiet the last day, like really, really had it all to do. Um, Killam Lines found it really hard to keep him quiet against Waterford, another great player. So I would I would have him inside starting off because I'd be saying, look, if we, goals, goals win matches, obviously. So if we get a couple of goals and a few points out of Tony Kelly early on, you have a good start. And so you always have the option. When it opens out, like the middle third will be a battleground starting off. So the, you would think the space will be at a premium out there. Probably the most space you'll get is on the inside starting off. But as the game opens up, as you think players will tire slightly, and we've talked about Wexford probably not having a huge uh, bench to come on and freshen it up, that then you might team out there and, and taking the pass off the half-back line to score over the last uh, 10, maybe 20 minutes. But I'd probably see him inside and see can he do the damage in there. What do you think, Brian? I'd actually disagree. <laughs> um, I actually probably see him coming out centre-forward or even midfield. Uh, I just think there's going to be no space inside at all because obviously Kevin Foley will be nullifying that uh, threat inside. And I think Clare have to get Tony Kelly into the game. You know, in that first half, you know, they, they started him against, sorry, against Tipperary. They started him full forward. Now, I know Galvin did the damage when he was in there, but Tony never really touched the ball. Now, Carl Barrett didn't either, but they never really got him onto the onto the ball. He went out to centre forward. He got on a couple of balls out around the middle third. But he, maybe his impact on the game wasn't anywhere near what Clare would have wanted. He scored a wonder point on the sideline. And then, obviously, 
um, they got a bit of luck for the goal. Uh, huge bravery from, um, I think it was David Reid or Ian Gavin. I can't even remember at this stage myself. We were debating it ourselves. Uh, and he finished the goal brilliantly. But he's, he, his influence second half then was, was, you know, not what we'd expect from Tony Kelly. And uh, and I think because of that, Clare, uh, you know, until late in the game, really didn't have much uh, say in that second half. Um, I know there's other reasons for that. But I just think Tony Kelly has to be in the heart of everything that Clare do and he has to be on as much ball as possible so I, I, I would be maybe the opposite of Paddy I'd bring him out to the middle third and get him on as much ball as possible he's well used to being man marked they might try maybe someone like Sean Murphy on him that maybe has the legs I know he's been on him before um, but uh, Tony Kelly won't be faithful about who he's marking either I, I, I'd agree with you Willie though I don't think Matthew Handham would be the man for him I don't think he'd have the legs for him um, Tony would absolutely love that uh, so it's, it's, it's a strange one uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's something you want to talk about as well. Like Shane O'Donnell, no sign of him yet. No. You know, for a man that suffered concussion, um, you would have thought, okay, that's a couple of weeks maybe, and he's going to be back. But there's no sight, sight to sound him unless they're going to put a rabbit from the hat on Saturday. Well, he could. Obviously, we talked about before the last game that if he played inside with Shanahan, um, you know, Tony Kelly could go back out, but he didn't appear again. We'll get predictions on this one. Paddy, you first. This is the hardest call of the weekend, easily, lads. This is like 50 50. Take your pick. Mm. Yeah, uh, oh, look, it's over and back and it could go either way. I, I just think Wexford had the harder game the last day. Um, I think Wexford are playing better than they have played in a couple of years. Um, <clears throat> so I, I just about I go at Wexford, but look, it's it's very hard to tell. Um, I just think Clare actually, you know, as much as you say they were wrong by the Simbin last day, I didn't think they were blowing the world away before that either and Tipper on their first day out. So I thought they would blow them away. Uh, in the first half to an extent so look I go at Wexford if they, if they meet half the intensity that they did the last day uh, it might be something very new that Clare haven't experienced this year Yeah well I'll go with Clare just to make Brian's prediction that little bit more exciting <laughs> um, just in case he went for Wexford as well I think Wexford won't be over that uh, heartbreaking loss in two weeks and will struggle to get up for this one um, physically maybe and emotionally Brian you've got the casting vote now uh, thanks for this one, Willie. I will go with Wexford, actually. Um, I think, very similar along Paddy's lines, I think their intensity, if they meet that again, I just think it's 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 all or nothing for this group of players. And um, I think they're going to be mad up for it, especially with this little kind of Clare thing that's going on as well, because they beat them in championship last year. I think um, if they get their match up right, if they can nullify Tony Kelly to some extent, um, I think it's impossible to stop him completely. I think we saw that the last day against Tipperary. But if they can nullify him to some extent, um, I just don't know if Clare will have enough up the other end. You know, Aaron Shanahan is very dangerous, but he probably doesn't score enough if it would be some bit critical of him. And, you know, if they have a sweeper back in there as well, um, you know, it's going to make it even harder for the likes of Aaron Shanahan to find that room to try and try and shoot. So they'll need huge games from other players. You know, the likes of David Reedy will have to have a much more of a bearing on, on uh, the scoreboard as well. Um, Ian Galvin won two the last day, but probably his his threat was nullified when he came out around the middle third. So, yeah, I just see I just see it that Wexford have more, um, even though it's a knockout game. I just see that they have more maybe riding on it as a group of players, and I think they'll lose. Okay, good stuff. The other game is Leash and Waterford's in Nolan Park um, at two o'clock 
on Saturday. I'm fairly sure. Didn't write down the day here, lads. Very hard. Very hard to see Saturday, past. Yeah. Very hard to see past the Waterford win. They probably will win. Um, Leash obviously very impressive against Antrim. They were beating them well until they went down to 13 men. Um, did obviously Ross King sent off and then had a, a sin bin as well. And Antrim made a bit of a comeback. So we know how good Antrim are going, um, Paddy. So like I mean, you know, if another team is beating Antrim fairly well, you know, you'd say. I don't know, you'd say like this is normal for one of the bigger teams, whereas, you know, Leash did it. I think Leash have a lot to build on from that result. What I would be worried about Leash is, not worried about them, but how they approach the Waterford game, I suppose, Paddy, because the way they approach the Wexford game, I'm sure Cheddar will put his hands up and say that didn't work. You know, they went very defensive, mm. fell off puck outs, went all back into their own half. You know, I, I appreciate Cheddar trying things. You know, I respect him for trying things, but I think he'll learn maybe... That's probably not the way um, to go. Probably not, but I think first and foremost, you'll have to look at Waterford and what they're good at. And if you looked at Waterford against Clare, you'd say conceding the puck out or maybe to the fullback line isn't the worst because although Waterford are very good and they'll run the ball, they're probably not the best stick passers out of their fullback line. So I actually wouldn't be too surprised to see him concede it to a certain degree, but certainly he can't do it to the half back line. Um, but they will need more of the same. Like, look, at I watched the, the entrance match and while they took their chances very well, Paddy Purcell was well on top. I I would turn and look at that match and say Antrim made an awful lot of sort of minimally forced mistakes where at the McCarthy level you shouldn't be making those right. errors. And of course, missed the penalty when they were a few points down. Then Leach go up and scored a goal and, and, and a point to, to, to maybe have a four-point swing. And then they get the goal, it's all over, which was on the counter-attack. So I, if I was Antrim, I'd be bitterly disappointed with that game because they had, with 20 minutes to go, there was four points in it and they had a gale force win. They had a penalty in that time as well. So while Leach played well in sports, they took advantage of the win in the first half, played well in the last seven or eight minutes when they got the goal. There was huge issues in the middle of that match. So I still look, uh, I see what you know Cheddar is saying and that you know maybe they're being put down a little bit. But to me, it was still a, a, an inconsistent performance last day. So they will have it all to do. What, what can you see um, happening here, Brian? Like, I mean, la- last year, Leash lost badly to Dublin and then had a very, very good performance against Clare in the qualifiers in Nolan Park. And, you know, go into the next year, you know, with a lot of confidence. You know, ch- managers have changed since. Obviously, Cheddar would love something to build on here, right? You know, to be able to go into next year with more of a clean slate, have the players more, have the injuries. You know, they, 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 to make it, they just need a good performance here and something that they can potentially build on. Yeah, I, I think if I, I think you kind of touched on it. If they're more positive, I think they can have a right call off this water team. You know, you go down through individually, particularly in their forward line, they've some very good forwards. You know, you have Paddy Purcell's playing up there, Charlie Dwyer, maybe not getting enough scoring rights from Charlie Dwyer. He's an unbelievable hard worker, but he, you know, he's capable of shooting four or five points, no bother. He, he certainly gets enough possession to do that. Um, you know, you have, you have PJ Scully, who's playing really well, hitting the freeze well, taking the sidelines. Um, you know, doing well. Willie Dunphy's obviously experienced up there as well. You've Kieran Collier, who probably a lot of people outside the leash might know, but he's he's an excellent club hurler for 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 cameras as well. So he's a, he's an excellent forward. So they certainly are forwards, and I think I'd agree with Paddy. There's probably no harm in, in giving up the the short pokeouts to this Waterford team because we know what Waterford are going to do. They're going to try and get the ball to their half uh, uh, midfield half forwards, and they're just going to run at them. They're going to run, 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 um, and that's where Waterford probably you have to be critical of them over the last. 
uh, year and a half in that they run down a lot of blind alleys. You know, Limerick just said, right, run away there, lads, uh, Ireland last year, um, because we're just going to shut you down. Uh, if Waterford actually took their point scoring opportunities more often, they could really trouble teams because they are breaking the line time and time again, no matter who they play against. It was the same against Clare um, a couple of weeks ago. The amount of times they broke the line, but uh, poor decision making running down blind alleys poor shot selection running into trouble and getting overturned that's where Waterford uh, are naive um, and the, and if they could actually tighten that up and stop trying to run everything too far you know break the line take your shot uh, when it's on um, uh, I think they could uh, they could trouble more teams so Waterford are flaky enough coming into this because they were really hurt I think against this clear this, with this clear defeat I think they they, they thought um, naively that they were going to take Clare um, and and uh, Clare obviously uh, they beat them in the battle first and foremost Waterford were outworked and they were outfought you know when you've seen Shane Bennett turn around throwing it up to a lad, into a lad after 10 minutes you know into Rory Hayes and, and looking out to the referee for freeze you know if you see any team looking to the referee for freeze we've all been guilty of it down through the years but when you do that we all know lads you're bet you know you're not you're not on it when you're when you're on it, you don't even know there's a referee there. You just if you give away for you, you don't get free. You just carry on regardless. So if Limerick or sorry, if Leash are more positive, and they actually uh, go at this Watford team, I think they could really trouble them, and they could make it really really difficult for Watford. But we will see if there's anything in this Watford team. And I know they had a positive year last year getting to the All Ireland, and they troubled probably Limerick most in that Munster final, but uh, they still didn't win anything. And uh, you know that performance against Clare wasn't wasn't anywhere near the standards that you'd expect of a lean Cal team. So if there's anything in this Waterford team, I think they have to go out and, and beat Leash um, fairly comprehensively. Now, when I say comprehensively, I'm talking about seven, eight points. I'm not to, I'm not talking about hammering them, you know, because don't underestimate this Leash team, as I said at the outset. Okay, right, lads. We'll probably all go for Waterford there. So, like, I mean, I won't get predictions on it. Last one is the Joe McDonough Cup game. It's at five o'clock on Saturday. Like, I mean, whoever wins this, lads, we'll all be delighted for them because Westmead lost the first two Joe McDonough Cup finals, and then Kerry lost um, last year. Kerry kind of qualified after in weird circumstances. They lost to Mead, and they ended up with the exact same score differences down. And because they scored more goals, they qualified for the final. Uh, Westmead are in much better form this year. I was talking to Tommy Dial on the show last weekend, and he was trying to explain, or last week, and he was trying to explain Westmead's form last year. And they didn't stay in touch with each other at all during the lockdown. They just kind of, you know, <laughs> they just didn't have any Zoom calls. They didn't get talk as a group. And then they went to play the club championship, and they knocked lumps out of each other. And then they came back two weeks later in with the county, and it was all over the place. And they had a terrible Joe McDonough Cup um, last year. So. So, I don't know, lads. Uh, you know, Westmead for me, I'd imagine, in this one, Paddy. Yeah, well, you'll be going to form, especially especially in the Joe McDonough, because um, teams are building and building. I think it's very hard to just turn up on the day if you're not playing well and play well as a team. But very interesting that not staying in touch and how much it can change the year after. Uh, team spirit, like, you know, yeah. in any team, I'd say it's as important as any tactic or any strength and condition. If you play for each other, if you if you get not that you have to be best friends, but respect each other, get on okay. But you're fighting for each other for the one cause. And look at Tommy Dyle went and was speaking about that last day. And I think if they have built up that momentum, then they can carry it through in the McDonough. Yeah, uh, Brian, prediction on this one? Yeah, I'd probably go with me too. Just on the simple simple premise that they won the last day, even though it was tight against Kildare and Derek McNicholas came good at the very end. It's a little bit all over the place in Kerry, you know, like. 
you know, they, they beat down, um, but then like down had to travel to them. And then when they travelled up to me, they didn't perform well and, and me deservedly beat them. So, you know, Kerry, they don't seem to be at the height of what they were at over the last couple of years. And yet they find themselves in, in a Joe McDonough final. It's kind of a, it, it, it's a strange setup in the Joe McDonough this year and that it was two groups of, of three. You would nearly have said that um, the other group was the strongest in terms of Carlo and Westmead and Kildare. Um, but it is what it is. Kerry then can't lift a look a gift horse in the mouth because they're back in the final. Surely to God, they're hurting after last year um, and there should be a kick in them. And then Shane Conway, they're one of the best forwards um, in the game. But, you know, Mikey Boyle a good hurler too. Shane Nolan, very good as well. So uh, it's... Kerry have the tools to do it. But uh, I just don't know if their form has been good enough because they weren't good in the league either. And I know you'll say Westmead were beaten in every and beaten comprehensively in almost every game apart from Waterford League. But they were playing at such a higher standard. You would think being exposed to that higher standard, uh, while it might have been demoralising at times, that they should should be more uh, in tune to maybe playing in a in a knockout or probably a championship final um, in Crow Park on Saturday. And for that reason, I'll probably go with Westmead. Yeah, okay, three Westmeads, lads. Thanks very much. That was a long show today. We'll be back on Monday and we'll review all the weekend's action. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. No such thing as a media ban. We don't have a media ban. Ah, you do? No, we don't. A donkey eat eating. A donkey eat a pallet. <laughs> There's nothing else to eat. He was massive. <laughs> Legs, ass, filth. But I burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs>